Please stand as you are able as I read the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. So this past week when I was sitting in my living room, I was spending some time with St. Teresa of Avila, who is, I guess you'd call her my patron saint. I love Teresa. She's a 16th century Spanish nun who reformed the Carmelite orders, and she was a prolific writer, and I share with you my poem from St. Teresa. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion into the world. Yours are the feet with which Christ walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which Christ blesses the world. So this commission the Great Commission that Jesus gives us to go and make disciples has always made me uncomfortable. And the mission statement for the United Methodist Church makes me uncomfortable. Making disciples for the world, or to change the world. We don't make disciples, folks, I'm sorry. We open the door so that God can make disciples. I can't make disciples any more than I can make life just by standing here and calling it into being. It's important for us to understand our limitations as humans as we take on the responsibility to share our faith. I don't think that Jesus was making a proclamation that it was our job to make disciples, he was kind of defining what the disciples were supposed to do rather than hide. That they were supposed to be out there doing something. So it's go and make disciples, go and do something, which to me translates into the word Christian not being an adjective or a noun. The word Christian is a verb. It means to be doing something, not just sitting around saying, boy, I'm a Christian, pat myself on the back, and you're done with it. I will not be sorry to say goodbye to this headpiece. (laughs) It is really, really difficult for me to understand what the process of making a disciple would look like. I don't even know what I would do 
if I was told to make a disciple. Now, somebody tells me to make a meatloaf, I can do that. If somebody tells me to make cookies, I know what to do. But to make a disciple, I'm not sure what to do. And I'm not sure who I would say made me a disciple. But I know that there's a whole pile of people who nurtured me in my faith as I walked this path. It didn't start when I went to seminary. It started when I was a little girl and said prayers with my parents before I went to bed. My mother did not like the now I lay me because she didn't like the part about uh, and if I should die before I wake. She said, why would you even say that to a child? So mine was, and when, the, when in the morning light I wake, show me the path of love to take, which I really liked. <laughs> I liked that a lot. But that was part of my upbringing. I knew that God was a part of my life before I even understood what God was all about. That was just my introduction. When I was in the kindergarten Sunday school class, this was back in the days of flannel boards for those of you of a certain age, and we had all the disciples were, the, of the apostles were all like lined up on the flannel board, and we learned songs about these apostles. And I remember my teacher, Florence Wunsch, who wanted us to call her Grandma Flo. And so we did. And she had to have been like 110 years old then, so I really don't know. Actually, she was probably younger than I am now, but, you know, my perspective. But there were lots of people along the way that nurtured my faith, my father being one of the strongest in the, in the mix. But not one person made me a disciple. It was the work of the whole community of faith, everybody, in a multitude of churches. Where I grew up, we all belonged to many different youth fellowships. The Presbyterians and the Methodists met on opposite weeks, so you'd go to both fellowships because the Methodists did stuff like they did crop walk and they did, you know, like they did things. And the Presbyterians, well, Doug McGee was a Presbyterian, what can I say? And, you know, so everybody went because he was very pleasant to look at. I grew up in the United Church of Christ, and it was a very, very small church. And we used to meet at 4.30 4 in the afternoon and have supper so that we could all go to the Presbyterian or the Methodist Youth Fellowships at 6.30. That's just the way it was. We were all involved in the churches. The oddballs were the people who didn't go to church. Everybody attended church. So I had a variety of different pastors and different people who nurtured. And I remember distinctly more than one saying, we need to go and do and fill in the blank. We need to go to the migrant camps and befriend the children. 
We need to go to where the homeless people, who had heard of homeless people 40 years ago, 50 years ago? But they were there. And we would serve dinner at the rescue mission. We were scared, but we would go because we were taken by people whose hearts were in the right place. We would do crop walk and we would do worship. And we found that we were very active. And we found that life had meaning because we were doing these things with other people who thought the same way. So when I look out at you, you are the same kind of people. You don't all walk in lockstep, and thank God for that. And you don't necessarily always agree on everything. But you're here regularly because there's some kind of a purpose to being here. You feel connected to people who are thinking along the same lines. We need to do something to make a difference in the world. The world is a scary place. News is not good. We're more divided than we have ever been. And I grew up in the 60s, for crying out loud. I mean, for crying out loud, we are so polarized right now, it's terrifying. And yet, more of our children are disconnected from communities of faith than ever before. The statistic I heard from the New Hampshire Council of Churches was 76% of the people in the state of New Hampshire have no faith tradition. That's frightening to me. That is terrifying to me. And then there are glimpses of God's grace. There are glimpses of where God is working. We see it here in this community, and we see it in communities throughout the whole world. I drove, I didn't drive, I rode past the church Friday evening after the second start graduation. And I was very gratified to see a number of cars and people hugging one another. Graduation from high school is a big deal, but for those kids who have struggled, it's a bigger deal than it is for everybody. I was gratified when I went home this week and I called Emily and I said, do you want to go out to have something to eat? And she said, well, I can't until after five o'clock. And I said, that's okay. And she said, don't you want to know what I'm doing up until five o'clock? And I said, I figured you were at practice or something. And she said, no, I'm tutoring somebody who doesn't speak English. And after I mopped up the puddle, <laughs> I was really proud of her because that's something that she has connected with in her tiny little community that's important. We all have something we can do. I'm astounded at the giftedness of the people in this congregation. And you can do a lot. 
but doing it inside these walls isn't exactly what we're called to do. We are called to go out into the world. Jesus didn't say to the disciples that he had gathered, go like six feet down the road here and talk to people that you already know. Don't be afraid to let people push you out of your comfort zone. Just stay where you're comfortable. Jesus didn't say, don't travel far and wide. Stay where people know who you are. Jesus didn't say, be careful of people who don't look like you. Now granted, the disciples did not meet happy endings because of where they went and what they did. But they made a big difference because we wouldn't be here if they hadn't gone where they went. St. Teresa wouldn't have written what she has written if the disciples hadn't gone. We're part of a great chain of people who have to carry this message. And I love what Teresa said, is that we are the hands and the feet and the eyes and the voice of Jesus in this world today. And if we button it up because we don't want to offend anyone, frankly, I'm offended when people don't want to offend people. So let's get with it. Now, I attend, uh, or go, I don't attend, I go to a dermatologist who is a Christian dermatologist. He's got his little fish on all of his business cards and all of this stuff. So because I am who I am, and because he's a little odd, I said to him, tell me what the difference is between a Christian dermatologist and a Muslim dermatologist. And he said, I don't know what you mean. And I said, I would like to know why it's important to you to put the little Christian fish on all of your stuff. And he said, because I'm a believer. And I said, but shouldn't that be actor, you know, an action rather than a symbol? Why is it your adjective? Why isn't it your verb? And he was very baffled by that. And he said, why is it you're asking this? And I said, because I'm a minister and I preach these things week after week after week. And one of the reasons I iron is that I need instant gratification every now and then. And there is very little. I don't see right now the fruits of you being invitational, which I talked about last July, of inviting people to come to this place because it means something to you. And it's like, well, I can't invite people to church for crying out loud. You know, they'd be offended. How many of you are going to be offended when nobody shows up here? Will that offend you? Truly, my friends, the church will always be a viable place to be. But it depends on the people who are here 
whether or not the word gets out in the community. We have ministries all over, all over. But we're very, very good about allowing other people to do those ministries and we'll do what I like to call checkbook theology. We will write a check or put money into something, but we don't want to get our hands dirty. I want you to hear that getting your hands dirty is the most gratifying part of being in ministry of any kind. I don't care what kind of ministry you're doing, if you're getting your hands dirty, that's what makes your heart sing. When you're working shoulder to shoulder with other people, when you're inviting people to come and to be part of something that is really important, that makes all the difference. But if we're just going to write a check and say, I'm good, that's all it takes, we're not really doing what Jesus said to do. I think you've figured out by now that uh, baptism is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, but we've done two baptisms this year. We haven't baptized an adult, and I haven't seen an adult baptism in a long time. We kind of don't want to push people's buttons or invite them to be baptized. I'm over the moon about baptizing my granddaughter. But I've got three other grandchildren that are not baptized. Are your grandchildren baptized? And if so, where are they? These are hard questions and you know how much I love you. But there's a piece of me that would really, really like to see you move outside a little bit more. You don't have to do it all at once, but you can do it in baby steps. But you need to activate your faith. It can't be stagnant. It can't be something that is somebody else's job. When we look at the state of the world, when we look at the fact that New Hampshire is an aging state, it's not this congregation, it's the state of New Hampshire is an aging state. How can we reach the other seniors who are really now coming right up against end-of-life decisions. And to be honest with you, I don't know how people will do that with no faith. I just, I don't know how they can do that. Like, okay, so it's over, we're done? That doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to what comes next. But we need to be sharing the message of hope and love and all that it means to be a Christian. We need to go into the world and share the joy 
of being part of something bigger than ourselves. And a great place to start that is with sharing this meal, this meal of bread and juice that Jesus instituted and that we get to participate in. This is a way of starting something that we truly continue forever and ever, amen. It teaches us what we need to be taught. It tells us that God's love is still alive and well. Seems we have a little discussion going on here that I wasn't a part of. <laughs> we remember on this day what Jesus said to his disciples. We remember that he told them to go and make disciples, but we also remember that he told them, after a meal with them, he told them that the bread of life was Jesus himself. And he took this bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Each and every time you eat of it, remember me. And he took the cup, blessed it, and said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for forgiveness of sin. Each and every time you drink of it, remember me. He told them it was important to remember what he had said, what he had taught, what he led them to do. We need to remember that those commissions, commandments apply to us as well. We ask God to pour blessings on this bread and this cup and on each and every one of us here to be blessed and loved the way Jesus blessed and loved all he met. We ask that this bread and cup be transformed into the bread of life and the cup of blessing that we may be life and blessing to all that we meet and that we might be transformed into the people that God would have us be. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.